I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. My name, of course, is Sonny. I am here with my co-host, Caleb. Hello! And we are here bringing you the last episode of Season 3. This is the Season 3 finale. So, we will start Season 4 on the first episode of... Wait, no, there's going to be one more episode. I'm sorry. Retract everything I just said. There's going to be one more episode before we start season four. Just apply everything he just said to next episode. Exactly. So I'll do it again next episode. Just just wait for it on the next episode. Before we get too far in, we do want to, of course, thank our patrons. So a huge thank you to Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Master of Isa, Mocha, Mr. Herbie, Scuzz Daddy, Witchcraft Remain 2022, AD, Aaron Gardner, Anthony Leela, Damian Zink, Dank Nugs, Dino DNA, Mountain Man, Myth Oceanus, Owen Alvarado, Pig, Rudolph, Sneaky Links, Jeremy Drysdale, Ray Powell, and Sonny Sweet. Ooh, one breath. Oh, Woo. yeah. That yeah. means that we need, like, triple the patrons so I can't do it in one breath. The only way to torture me is by more of you becoming patrons. Even at just the $1 here. Right. And then you can give yourself the stupidest names you can conceive of just to get me to read them out on the podcast. Keep it PG, guys, please. Yeah. If your name's not PG, I won't read it out. Yeah. But but it's hilarious how much you can get away with at a PG name. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. Like Poopy McButtface. My personal favorite is on SEMO and um, on the History of Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, Patreon. There's one that says... Um, you and I are built different. You drink tiny tummy tea. I drink embassy tea. Yes, <laughs> 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 read it out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, make him say some crazy stuff, man. It's great. You and I are not the same. You drink tiny tummy tea. I drink embassy tea. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's <laughs> amazing. Um, Somebody clip that. <laughs> oh, man. So, of course. We do have a couple of updates and things that we want to bring to you. So there are some things that you should be looking for. Um, You should, of course, be looking for the start of season four 
we have some really cool things happening. And the best way to see those things is on our Twitter and on our Patreon and our Discord. So we will be pretty soon announcing our playmat. We are hoping to bring that to you rather soonish. Um, it would really help us out. We're trying, we're kind of struggling to figure out exactly how many of these playmats we're going to get made. So what I would say is, if you want to give yourself the best chance of getting one of these play mats, because there's not going to be a lot of them. And if you want one, please be sure to hit us up somewhere, letting us know that you are excited about the play mat or that you're interested in purchasing one because how many responses and how many people hit us up is kind of going to dictate how many of these actually get made. And if there's a huge demand, then we might do two waves of them. But for now, we're looking at one wave. This design is only going to come on a few dozen play mats. So if you are interested, please let us know and we can put your name down on a list or something of the sort. And when we get closer to getting them actually printed, because we have the art done now. So when we get closer to getting them actually printed, we will start hitting up people and start working things out that way so but if you are interested in seeing all of that of course you can always find us on twitter at top cut podcast on patreon and on discord the links to all of that is in the description down below now the next thing to cover is um yeah, we're going to be talking about some cards. That's what it is. Lots of cards. Yeah. So we have the, we know what the imports are for the, the TCG imports coming in from the OCG. So for Battles of Chaos specifically. Right. We also know the remaining world premiere cards for Battles of Chaos. So these and, are new TCG exclusive cards. Right. And we have the text for the TCG exclusive archetype Libromancer. And one other card after that. Just one other one. So, we're going to start. We're going to rattle off the import cards. And then we are going to move on from there. So, the import cards, I'm just going to be honest. None of these are really of note. They're all just commons in the set. None of them are exactly great. But... We are getting them, so what we are getting is Fire Opal Head. He is a vanilla... uh, It's a vanilla zero-scale pendulum. Yeah. When when we mean vanilla, we mean he has no monster effect, and he has no pendulum Pendulum. effect. Yeah, he's just a vanilla. Literally vanilla. Which is cool, don't get me wrong. Um, Yeah, because he's uh, pendulum scale zero, which is cool. Next, you have Doll Monster Miss Madchen, which is just a level four zero zero normal fairy monster. Mm-hmm. Doll Monster Bear Bear, which is again a level four normal zero zero beast monster. It's like I guess it's the doll that goes with the doll Pr- monster. Uh, Princess Cologne. Oh, okay. They're, they're used with Princess Cologne. It's a Princess Cologne thing. Okay. Uh, next, you have Smoke Mosquito, which is a level one insect effect monster. It's got an enormous amount of text that I can't read very well. Kind of looks like a Performer Pal. Kind of. 
Next you have Nauru Ares the Vernal Dragon. This is a very cool looking level 7 dragon effect monster. Which again has an enormous amount of text. And uh, if this card is in your graveyard, send a level 5 or higher monster from your hand to the graveyard. Spell summon this card, but banish it when it leaves the field. If this card is destroyed by battle, or if this card in its owner's possession is destroyed by an opponent's card effect, you can target one card your opponent controls, banish it. You can only use each effect once per turn. I mean, I guess it could be a link climbing material for dragons. Yeah, but... it's level 7. Yeah. If that matters. Um, next we have Groza, Tyrant of Thunder. This is a level 8 Fiend Synchro effect monster. It is a generic level 8 Synchro. With like 3... No, it requires a Fiend on tuner. So. Yeah. And it's got like, what is it, three bullets? Three bullet points there? Yeah. Um, I know that if it's... So, okay, during your opponent's main phase, quick effect, you can target one effect monster on the field. Discard one monster, and if you do negate the monster's effect until the end of this turn, you can only use this effect of Groza once per turn. If a fiend monster is sent from your hand to the graveyard, except during the damage step, you can apply one of the effects on this card until the end of this turn. Cannot be destroyed by battle. Cannot be destroyed by your opponent's card effects. Your opponent cannot target this card with card effects. So it's like, it can become like one-third of a tower's. <laughs> so, I don't hey, know. Hey, we take those. <laughs> yeah. Next, you have Doll Happiness. This is just a, a spell card that goes with the doll cards from earlier. It is based around the Grandpa Demetto, Box of Friends, Princess Cologne monsters. Yep. So, it's okay. And then last, we have Smile Potion, which is a normal trap card. If your opponent controls a monster whose current attack is higher than its original attack, while you control no monsters, draw two cards. You can only activate one per turn. Uh, if only it was a spell card. Yeah. I mean, it'd be great Tekken against anybody running Dragoon. So that's yeah. all of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, cool. I mean, they're cool. Yep. Next, we have a... <laughs> so, we do we did get some more TCG Battle of Chaos reveals. Um, and there's... There's um, we do have the actual text for the what is now called Dinomorphia. That is the name of the so it used to be Dinorphia, now it's Dinomorphia. Um, and that's the one of the archetypes coming to Battle of Chaos. It yep. it will be um, you know, rogue at best. Oh yeah. And we um, also have the full Libromancer archetype. Oh yeah. Um, so let's start with the. World premiere, the TCG exclusives that are brand new. Oh, well, I was just going to do this one card on this one page. Yeah, go, let's go ahead and do that one card on this one page. Okay, so the only card on this big world premiere page to really talk about is Sales Ban. It is a normal spell card. It says, declare one card name. For the rest of this turn, your opponent cannot activate effects or the effects of cards with the same original name as that declared card. The same restrictions apply to you, but for the rest of this duel instead of just this turn, which is a hilarious text. You can only activate one sales ban per turn. So basically, <coughs> like, if I am an Invokes Shadal Dogmatica player, and I'm worried about my opponent hitting me with a Droll and Lockbird... You can just activate this to clear Droll and Lockbird. Yes. And I can't use it for the rest of the duel, and my opponent cannot use it for the rest of the turn. So it's like... Cross out designator, but you don't have to run the bricks, but it's still like mark markedly worse. Yeah, yeah. It's a continuous spell, or is it a normal spell? Normal spell card. It just blanks your opponent till the end of the turn, blanks you until the end of the duel. Yeah. Um I mean it's useful and that's well, it's also great because you can like if you're just once I want to see one of these texts say you can't do something until the end of the tournament. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> well, 
is it normal spell or quick play? It's a normal spell. Normal spell. Ah, if it was quick play. Yeah, I mean, you have to do it before your turn starts. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is only good against hand traps. If, th if it was quick play, well, it'd be great. The thing is, it's not even that good against hand traps because you have to have, like, a sixth sense and know what your yeah. opponent has. Or you just have to know. <laughs> I mean, if I'm running tri Brigades and I activate this and, and declare Lancia, that's pretty good because my opponents can't Lancia me. But they can also just chain Lancia to this card. Yeah. Because it um, says they cannot activate cards or the effects of cards are the same original name. But if they chain Lancia to this... It doesn't matter because this card hasn't resolved yet. Exactly. And it doesn't negate the effects of those cards. And like, and then even even if in the future they unban Maxi for the TCG, same thing for Maxi. They can just chain Maxi to it. No, no biggie. Um, they can't chain Droll, though, which yeah, is they, notable. Yeah, Droll, Ash, and like any of the Ghost Girls, they can't chain it. Well, they can chain... Droll ghost. is not a Ghost Girl, but I understand what you mean. Yeah. Well, they can't chain Ghost Ogre. Technically. Because, but it because they activate an effect and you can pop something, but that's about it. Yeah. So, um, sales ban is the only notable card on this entire page. So, with that, let's talk about we can. You want to talk about Libromancers or the World Premiere card? Let's do the World Premieres and save the archetype for last. Okay, let's do World Premieres. Yeah. Uh, first card is a insect level four dark insect tuner named Dragon Bite. It looks like a dragon mixed with the bug it's kind of cool actually so would that would that make it a drug no and make it an inragon because <laughs> it's an insect first <laughs> it's an insect first dragon second <laughs> an inragon an inragon no no inragon's so much better <laughs> it really is <laughs> That well, was so out of left field. I'm okay. so glad you said that. So, uh, when this card is normal summoned, you can special summon a level 4 lower insect from your hand. Period. You can banish Broken. it. Yeah, that's kind of good already. It's a level 4 tuner. Uh, you can banish a level 4 lower insect from your graveyard or face-up field. To or hand. hand. Or hand. Hand, graveyard, or face-up field. To target a face-up monster you control. Increase its level by the level of the banished monster until the end of this turn. Oh my goodness. You can only use each effect once per turn. This is so good. This is so good. <laughs> oh. Do you know how broken this is? Are we going to see Synchro Bee Troopers? Yes. And Woo! they're going to be tier one. Oh my God. They're That's... already good. They've already got top cut in the last three YCSs. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It, you, oh, you. Dude, do you realize that this banishes your resonance insects for yes. free? Hold on, and then hold on. and it lets you level modulate and hit all of. Oh my goodness! Hold on, here's the thing though. What level is uh resonance insect? Four, three, or four? Four, I think. Dang. Okay, so if you have like a level two insect on field, normal summon, normal summon sky effect, special summon a level two insect. Activate effect, banishing resonance, making it level six to get your search. Sink ten. All you've got it's to a baron. do. All you've got to do is have a doomdozer. What level, what level is doomdozer? I think six. That that'd be. No, doomdozer might be seven. But doomdozer, you don't need this guy. He just special summons. You banish two insects from your graveyard and special summon. Yeah. Well, I was thinking for the synchro plays. Well, if you ban it, if you can banish a level one for this guy, reduce Doomdozer by one, and that's a ten. No, it increases. 
Are it increases. Yeah, it increases it. Oh, okay. Yeah, it only increases. It does not. I wish it decreased too, but it only increases. It doesn't matter. That deck runs so many different levels. You can figure it out. Oh yeah, yeah. Like so like 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 so my immediate like scout buggy is a three. Yeah, but like my immediate thought was uh, normal summon him, special summon level two, and then banish uh, resonance insect, make a level six, get your search, boom, level ten for Baron. Yeah. Wow. With, and then with, you know the B trooper armor horn, the the link two gives you an extra normal summon. So then you can normal summon effect to, nor to get an to get another insect on board, and you have. You have the. This is insane. Or and it's searchable and B trooper. Or, you know what else you can do? What's that? Halky Firex plays because he's a tuner. Oh my god, that's true. Special on a non-tuner, boom. Halky Firex. Yes. And this so is your Singer line. B trooper plus Halky Firex B trooper. And this is your line to use Trans Cicada, which there summons a token. There it is. This is so cracked this is your trans cicada line i've i've been knowing that there's a trans cicada line in this deck somewhere for months you this is it yep yeah. now you just got to figure out what the, uh, now you just got to figure out the combo and the possible end boards wow i'm saying i'm just gonna say I'm, this guy plus trans cicada plus a hockey five rocks package b trooper might Dude, if Maxi came off the list, B Trooper would be the best deck in the game. I know, like with this plus Maxi, B Trooper I think would be tier zero. No, getting close. <laughs> We're getting there, but not tier zero. Yeah. Anyway, uh, All right. next we have a card called Flower Dino. So this is a dinosaur effect monster, 2,000 attack, zero defense, level four Earth. Cannot be normal summoned or set. Must be special summoned by its own effect. You can only use each of the following effects of Flower Dino once per turn. If you activate a trap card or effect, your opponent activates, or your opponent activates a spell card or effect, you can special summon this card from your hand. If this card is sent to the graveyard, you can target three banished spell traps, place them on the bottom of the appropriate decks in any order, then draw one card. Yeah. Um. My like the only card I could see this feasibly being used in is exactly spell strike. Uh, spell striker, sky striker. Not a morph yeah. Yeah, Dynamorphy maybe. And the reason why I say Sky Striker is because then if your opponent activates something that like banishes your spells, you can get them back. Yeah, but yeah. Well, you can also use it. You to... don't want to use this guy because he would summon to your main monster zone. And yeah, then it turns off half your cards. Yeah, it's useless. Uh, yeah, uh, and then you could also uh, like like let like let's just take Phantom Knights with their Fog Blades, where they can banish them to search. They could return them to the deck to search them out again later. Yeah, I guess. Because it gives recursion to. Uh, really techable, easy to easy to produce recursion for banished spells, <coughs> banished spells and traps. Yeah. Next, we have a fish monster called Rock Scales. It is a level five, twenty one hundred attack, sixteen hundred defense, water monster. If this card is special summoned, you can target one other face up monster on the field. Equip that face up monster to this card. <laughs> At the start of the damage step, if this card battles an opponent's monster with the same type and attribute as the monster card equipped by this card's effect, you can destroy that opponent's monster. You can only use each effect of Rock Scales once per turn. Uh, kind of cool. It can clear. Um, it can clear monsters off your opponent's field. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, it also makes it uh, indestructible by battle if your opponent's just happens to run in a deck with everything the same is the same type and attribute. Yeah. Next, we have a fusion called the Great Double Casted Caster. Zero attack, 2600 defense, light level 8 spellcaster fusion effect monster. Materials is two non effect monsters. 
gains attack equal to the combined original attack of any Ritual, Fusion, Synchro, Xyz, or Link monsters used as Fusion Majora for this card. This card can attack directly. If this card is destroyed by battle or card effect, you can target one of your non-effect monsters that is banished or in your graveyard, special summon it. You can only use this effect of the great double-casted caster once per turn. Um, this is a hilarious super poly target because you can, if you use it against, um, if you use it against Sword Soul, you can synchro away, I mean, you can fusion, you can super poly away their Link 1 Tenyi and their yeah. token. Yeah. That's a tuner. Yeah, yeah. And you can super poly them away and summon this in defense. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, that that is funny, but that, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's a great interruption against the Sword Soul deck. Yeah, against exactly Sword Soul. Yeah. Soul and Luna, a quick play spell card. Target one monster you control and one monster your opponent controls. Apply the following effect on each monster depending on its own battle position. Face up, change it to face down defense position. Face down, change it to face up defense position. You can only activate one Soul and Luna once per turn. That's not terrible. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah. It's 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 kind of a equal-ish Book of Moon. Yeah, I mean, I mean it would be hilarious in Guru. Because they're flip monsters. Oh, actually, and if they're face down, you can change it to face up defense position. Oh, actually, this would be great and shit all. Your opponent like some some activate the, and you have a set Squamata, activate this, flip their monster face down, flip the Squamata face up, affect the Squamata to pop something. Yeah, but this would be like insane in Guru because yeah. not only can you not only can you be an interruption to set your opponent's monsters, but it can also be used to flip up yours. Yeah, well, that was the thing though, because uh, like any flip of like any flip effect monster deck, which is exactly shit all in Guru. Right. Could re can really abuse this here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's get on into Libromancers. Oh, yeah. So, this is the beginning of a brand new hero's story. So, we start with Libromancer Geek Boy. This is, of course, the <coughs> sneak peek promo card for the set. Is It is a level 3 wind psychic effect monster. 800 attack, 800 defense. You can reveal one ritual monster in your hand. Special summon this card from your hand. If this card is special summon, you can add one Libromancer spell from your deck to your hand. You can only use each effect of Libromancer Geek Boy once per turn. Makes sense? Sounds sounds alright, I guess. Yep. One second, trying to get it pulled up. And it will not pull up for me. Okay. Great. <laughs> I got it. Libromancer Magigirl. Level 4 water spellcaster effect monster. 600 attack, 2000 defense. You can reveal one ritual monster in your hand. Special summon this card from your hand. During your opponent's turn, quick effect, you can ritual summon one Libromancer ritual monster from your hand by tributing monsters from your hand or field whose total levels equal or exceed its level. You can only use each effect of Libromancer Magic Girl once per turn. That's interesting. Really? Now I'm curious about what kind of archetype this is. It's a ritual archetype. Shh. They don't know that yet. Well, considering one searches... What, you have to reveal ritual monsters to activate their effects. That was the joke. <laughs> Next is Libromancer Agent, a level 6 Earth Warrior effect monster. 2,000 attack, 2,500 defense. You can reveal one ritual monster in your hand, especially on this card from your hand. You can target one Libromancer card in your graveyard, except Libromancer Agent, add it to your hand. Then, if you added a spell trap by this effect, place one card from your hand on the bottom of the deck. You can only use each effect of Libromancer Agent once per turn. That's not, like, the worst thing. I mean, I don't think it is. Uh, other people might disagree. But. Yeah. 
Like, this might... Hmm. Well, hmm. Let's see what the other cards do before we make our final decision whether or not this is actually a good, decent archetype. Yeah, yeah. Um, next we have Libromancer Firestarter, <laughs> a level 3 fire cybers ritual effect monster. 1800 attack, 1800 defense. You can ritual summon this card with a Libromancer card. If this card is ritual summoned by using a monster on the field, it cannot be destroyed or banished by card effects. Gains 200 attack and defense each time your opponent activates a card or effect while the, you control this card with attack less than 3000 in the monster zone. So it can grow up to 3k, but that's it. Lame. Yeah. Um, Liberomancer Doom Broker, which is an amazing name and even better artwork. Level Ooh. 6 Dark Fiend Ritual Effect Monster, 2500 attack, 2000 defense. You can ritual summon this card with a Libromancer card. If this card is ritual summoned by using a monster on the field, it can attack directly. You can only use each of the following effects once per turn. During your main phase, you can set one Libromancer spell or one Libromancer trap directly from your deck. When this card inflicts battle damage to your opponent, you can target one face up monster your opponent controls, shuffle it into the deck. Um, if only that wasn't limited to whenever you inflict battle damage. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty poopy. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, that lets you, like, attack over something, deal some damage, return something else to the deck, and then attack direct with something else. Yes. But that's, like, the only situation where that's even applicable. Yeah. It's kind of... Well, it can also attack directly. If you use a ritual monster as, his, as one of its materials. Yeah... It's still kind of... Yeah, because you still have to, like, enter battle to clear attack. Yeah. And, you know, there are a lot of things that can go wrong in between. Main phase summon this thing, enter battle, declare attack. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to see how it ends up Yeah, looking in <coughs> paper. Um, next, we have a spell card called Libromancer First Appearance. This is a field spell. When this card is activated, you can add one Libromancer monster from your deck to your hand with a different name than the cards you control. And during your main phase, you can ritual summon one Libromancer ritual monster from your hand by tributing monsters from your hand or field whose total levels equal or exceed its level. You can only activate one Libromancer first appearance per turn. I mean, it seems kind of cool. Yeah. So. Notably, the... Ritual summon is not once per turn. Oh. Yeah. So during your main phase, you can ritual summon one Libromancer ritual monster from your hand by tributing monsters from your hand or field whose total levels equal or exceed its level. That's not once per turn. That isn't. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, that not being once per turn <coughs> and it, it letting you overpay for rituals, which you couldn't previously do. I guess yeah. it's pretty significant. So. Oh yeah, because most of the ritual spells say they have to equal exactly. Right. So. Or you know we have Drytron's weird attack one. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It's it's interesting. Um. Next you have their trap card, Libromancer Intervention, which is a normal trap. When your opponent activates a card or effect, target one Libromancer Ritual Monster you control, return it to the hand, and if you do negate that activated effect. Then you can special summon one Libromancer monster from your hand or graveyard. You can only activate one Libromancer intervention once per turn. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, and when you ritual summon the Doom Broker, it lets you set it directly from your deck. Yeah, yeah, and then you can like bounce it, and then if you have another uh, Libromancer ritual monster you successfully summoned, and then it got sent to the grave, bring it back. That's yeah. pretty. That's pretty cool. Okay, I'm digging it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's the whole archetype. That's all we've got. So I'd imagine this is going to be a little bit like B Trooper, where we get multiple waves of support throughout yeah, the next the, couple of sets. Yeah, and the first wave's kind of. Eh. Yeah. And then the second wave's kind of. Well, hopefully the second wave will be less ugh, and more. Yeah. Uh. yeah. Or like somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or like, it, like what really made B Trooper is the fact that it's so generic. This is not so generic. Um, there might be some like generic ritual cards that you can use, but part of the issue like is preparation rights, pre-preparation rights. No, rights. those are kind of poopy here because the deck doesn't have a ritual spell. The monsters that's, perform the ritual summons. That's fair. So this is actually probably pretty good with megalith, maybe. Well, no, because megaliths are very also specifically megalith ritual monsters. I mean, if you can tech Drytron with megalith, I don't. I see no reason why you couldn't tech this with megalith, or tech it with Drytron. Because no, you can't really tech this with Drytron. Because, because, because um, it was my, because it was my understanding the reason why it kind of works. Can't the, well. The thing with the thing with Drytron is, the deck, the way the deck works is, um, a lot of your effects lock you to where you cannot uh, special summon monsters who can be normal summoned. Yeah. Yeah. So you or something like that. Yeah. Or you can't um, something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, you could also, I mean, I guess you could also use the Drytron ritual, but what are the attacks on the, on the non-ritual monsters? For the Libromancers? Yeah. Not much. Like 800, 600, yeah, no, 2000, you... but. Yeah. Eh, never mind. Yeah, like, like this deck is very. Well, and they all very specifically say that you can use them to ritual summon a Libromancer monster. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the Manju of a Thousand Hands is still pretty good here because it lets you search out one of the rituals on a normal summon. Yeah. But that's spending your normal summon to get a ritual in hand. Yeah, but to be fair, in the deck, all of their other monsters, you can just reveal a ritual in your hand, a the, ritual monster in your hand to special summon them. Summon them. Okay, okay. So all three of them, all three of the main deck monsters have that effect. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. So, so like, as long as you, you don't have a normal summon in the deck, yeah, yeah. Basically. As long as you have a ritual in your hand, which again, Mon Mon actually, Monju of Thousand Hands would be a great normal summon for this deck. Normal summon it, search for a ritual, reveal right. ritual. You don't special. want more than five normal summons in a deck. Yeah. Even then, you want less, like three or four. So running three Monju is actually pretty cool here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, because they start a ritual and reveal the ritual special effect attribute them to get the ritual out right exactly yeah, yeah. pretty solid uh and then of course there you know then of course you can get access to the doom uh what was it doom doom broker doom broker and it's a guy in a suit with like like commanding the shadows with all kinds of text behind him oh that's cool. what looks like a declaration of independence kind of text behind oh that's because they're liberal answers they're book they're book they're book wizards it's so cool anyway um yeah, yeah, because then like you know, summon him. Effect to set the Omni Negate trap card. Yep. And then you can return him to your hand to just do it again next turn. Yeah. Which is pretty solid. Don't get me wrong. Um, overall, I don't think this deck's going to see any play initially. We'll see what the second wave of support does. Combination, combination of the second wave, but then somebody might 
find this old card from like 2010 or 2008 that just absolutely breaks the deck. Probably. Uh, kind of like Bee Troopers with, uh, with the Resonance Insect. Resonance Insect was 2014. Yeah, but you get, you get what I'm saying, though. Somebody finds like a really old card, comparatively, that just breaks it. Right. Um, well, that's... That'll do it for that. Um, I think that right now would be a great time to talk about our sponsor, ETB Games. Oh yeah. So, of course, we do want to thank ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana for sponsoring this show. ETB Games is our locals. They support us, which we are very thankful for. And it is a wonderful place to go in and check out. If you are, I would say, within three to four hours then you should definitely come and check out our ETB Battle City Days. It is a Yu-Gi-Oh! tournament day built around one central event, and then when the sign-ups dictate it, there are also side pod events that happen. So if you don't really want to play in the main event, but you want to do a little Edison tournament or a little GOAT tournament, you can come by and do all these little side tournaments as they pop up. So come by check that out the next one is on february 19th first place for the main event is a starlight red eyes dark dragoon oh yeah yes so you should definitely come and check that out i will do all that is within my power to be there yeah and i won't be there because i'm sorry my son's birthday party wins so i think yeah i'm pretty sure that that's a little more important than Yu-Gi-Oh. right not much more important just a little bit (laughs) i'm joking for those of you who didn't catch my joke yeah um but no definitely check out etb they're great they're yeah amazing. so etb games in alexandria louisiana they are our sponsor well your one-stop place to check out for all of your Yu-Gi-Oh, magic the gathering pokemon digimon needs sleeves binders play mats etc all your tabletop needs all of that so be sure to check them out also before i forget i do want to take a quick moment to thank uh I think it's Azami Zero for your five-star review on Apple iTunes. Thank you so much. We're up Woo. to, we're up. We have all five-star ratings, which man, we really appreciate. Um, five stars, awesome. I always listen to this podcast while I close at work. Helps my, makes my shifts more bearable. Discussions are always super interesting, and they help stay up to date on the, the new cards coming out. We do be doing that, so. Thank you so much for your wonderful review. And if you want to hear your review read on the podcast, be sure to go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. And be sure to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, though. I've missed the past two days of Yu-Gi-Oh! news because of Pokemon Legends Arceus. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm not going to lie to y'all and say that I'm constantly looking at Yu-Gi-Oh! stuff. But this does help keep us up to date. Oh, absolutely. So uh, be sure to check out ETB Games and be sure to follow on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and YouTube. And now I think it's time that we talk a little bit about some transition stuff. Specifically how to transition from playing Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel to playing paper in-person Yu-Gi-Oh! So this is something that we've gotten some questions on over the last couple of days. Specifically, a user in our Discord server, shoutouts to you, you know who you are. I don't want to put you on blast in front of the whole world. But when you're transitioning, you know, a lot of people have been playing this game for a really long time. Decades. Literally. And then a lot of people 
haven't played this game in a very long time. Played back in like 2010 and stopped. You know, or, you know, decades. Yeah. So with the amount of people coming back into the game, you really need to have an idea and an understanding of if you're going to play the paper card game again, you need to understand that it's not the same as Master Duel. First off, the ban list is completely different. Yes. So you need to understand that your legal pool of cards is different. You have more cards that are legal in the actual TCG. You have a very different meta game, and you have a very different ban list. So when you have those three things combined, a different card, a different card pool, a different ban list, a different meta game, you end up with almost a completely different card game. The rules are the same, but the cards being completely different makes it just so different. Oh yeah. Plus, you have to figure out and understand how to acquire these cards not in a digital form where you can go buy specific packs or craft the cards you want, yeah. but how to acquire these cards in the paper form. Yes. So, Which for some people is real easy, for others are going to find that kind of difficult. Right. So the first thing you have to know before you make this transition from Master Duel to Paper Yu-Gi-Oh! is it's not cheap. Oh, no. Master Duel, you can hop in for literally $0 investment, build a really great meta deck, and climb to the top of the ladder within a week. And you get a lot of instant satisfaction from that. Whereas the real card game is not like that. Because, like, even if you just order the cards you need online, you gotta wait, like, a week before you Minimum. get them. Minimum a week. 12 to 15 business days. To be fair, I have gotten a card that I ordered, like, four days later. I've gotten it three days later. That's because I ordered on Monday, and I got it on, like, Thursday. Yep. I've got I've ordered cards on Monday, and they arrive Wednesday and Thursday. But those are the exception and re- exceptions to the rule. And remember, that's exception- ordering a card from a shop that's less than three hours from my house. Yeah. Um, but y'all gotta remember exceptions just prove the rule exists. Right. So I know that's a bad, terrible saying, but I mean, in this situation, it fits. In this exact situation, it fits. Yeah, yeah. So that that, like you said, that obviously doesn't apply to everything, but but it, it applies here pretty well. Just assume it's going to take a minimum a week, right, before you get your cards in. So the first thing that you want to do after understanding that. It's going to cost real-world money to acquire these cards, and not a small amount of it. Fat stacks. Is set your budget. And you really want to decide when setting your budget, how competitive are you looking to be? Because realistically, your competitiveness and your budget, to a certain extent, I'm not going to say this definitively, but to a certain extent, they kind of go hand in hand. Unfortunately, just due to some of the best cards in the game being some of the most expensive. Yeah. Uh, for instance, one of the best hand traps in the game, Ash Blossom. You need three copies of it. $20 a pop. Minimum. Minimum. That's for the common. Right. That came out of a structure deck. Luckily, a card that you absolutely need in Master Duel is Max C. And you don't need that in real life because it's banned in real life. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's one card. So for those of you... Even though those are also still $20 a piece, even though they're banned. Part of that is due to the fact that it hasn't been reprinted in how long? 
about six or seven years. Yeah, because it's been banned this whole time. Right. So, um, and it's twenty dollars because of speculation that it will be unbanned because of Master Duel. Yeah. Um. Now, so for those who play Master Duel and hate it because of exactly Maxi, maybe try the paper game. There's no Maxi right now. True. Um, so, with that said, you really need to. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, it's cool. Uh, you need to be able to balance how much you intend on spending with the game with how competitive you want to be. If you're planning on just doing this as a little side hobby for fun, you don't really care about tournaments, you just want to play tabletop with your friends, I'd say realistically you could set a budget of 50 to $80. Oh, easily. And have a fun and competitive deck. Oh, yeah. At least competitive at, like, maybe a local level. You'll or do... a tabletop level. Yeah. Or kitchen tables, I like to call it. Yeah. Or it's just you and your friends have just messing around. And then, if you want to be really competitive at your local scene, I would say that probably a good budget is 100 to 150 Maybe less. It depends on the deck. And the local scene. Oh, yeah, definitely. Some locals, you can probably get away with your kitchen table deck and do fine. Yeah. But you really need to kind of judge it yourself and a lot of it is going to i hate to say that the games pay to win because it's really not you can play this game on a budget and win i mean uh pack going through with his uh balling on a budget series yeah i mean he built budget shadals for i think he had put uh his total investment was less than 80 dollars yeah he bought three of the structure deck which was 30 he bought a cross sheep, which at the time was like a dollar, four dollars if you got the ultra. Okay. But he got the common, so that's a dollar. Yeah. Or the rare. He got a schism, which he paid out the nose for at like sixteen dollars at the time. Yeah. There was now you can get them. You can get schisms for much cheaper. Um, but he got the schism after the first major buyout because originally they were only like five, five to eight dollars. Yeah. Which is when I got my copy. Yeah. Uh, now it's been reprinted with that, but that's not the here nor there. And then he also paid for, I want to say, Celine, Maybe. who was like 10 at the yeah. time. The point is, he put like less than $80 in and he had like a competitive budget. Yeah. Deck. And was winning locals left and tearing it up. Yeah. So for people who had like $200 decks, easy. Yeah. So you can do it on a budget, but understand that the higher up you go realistically the more money you'll need to spend mm -hmm. so you can uh, I, it's kind of hard to say but i would say if you're going to go past the locals level and into the regional and ycs level where you're traveling for events that's where you're talking about just on the cards you're gonna have to spend several hundred easily dollars to be competitive but that we mean four to five hundred dollars oh, yeah, by that and and most of that and you know like let's say you have a let's say your budget is like seven hundred dollars six hundred dollars that's going to go to six cards not necessarily depends on what you're playing depends on what you're playing um for i mean if you want to run forbidden droplets and pot of prosperities then yes that's yeah, six hundred dollars easily lightning storms are what 30 70. 70 a piece yes uh evenly matched are like 40, 40 a piece Ash Blossoms are 20. Infinite Impermanences are 15 to 20. Nibs are 20. Um, I, I mean, all these cards are expensive for a reason, though. Because they're good! Yeah, they're great cards. Some some of those cards, if you... As soon as... Like, if your opponent's doing their thing, and you show them this card at the right spot, they can... All they can do is go, oh. Yeah. Pass turn. 
Yeah. That's so. it. Their turn ends. You've ended their turn. So uh, the biggest things to understand are how competitive do you want to be and how much money do you want to spend? And I think that for the purposes of this, describing how how you would get into the game, I would say that the best place to be for getting into the game is to want to compete on like a locals level because locals legends are awesome there's nothing wrong with being great at your locals and not wanting to go up to that regional and ycs at national level that's fine we you know you can get tons of enjoyment from the local level you do. oh yeah we know several people who would do wonderfully on the more major circuits who are like oh, i'm sure i'm good no thanks yeah i mean it's it's a lot of money and investment to do all that travel and to do all that i mean it's time money yeah. and all that so if you just want to compete on a locals level I would say that your real budget should be somewhere in the $100 to $150 range. Yeah. Now, again, this depends on what deck you want to play. Right. The next thing is choosing that, though, right? Oh, absolutely. So the next thing, once you decide your budget and how competitive you want to be, I would say the next major step is to choose what deck you want to play. So you can do this a couple of different ways. You can go to... The, you can go find the latest YCS results mm -hmm. and, and see what they did. Yep. There's nothing wrong with net decking. Everyone's got to start on a new tech that they don't know how to play somewhere. Right. And then as you learn the deck, make your own text and changes. That's fine. I mean, that's how I got, it's how I got the Shadow Bill I've got now is I started by net decking what someone else had done and kind of went, okay, I see why they did this, but I mean, that's how I started with all of my, um, all of my sword soul builds that i'm doing right now uh i started out with a list from pack and i kind of modified it and changed it as i saw fit once as i learned the deck i did the same thing for months when i was running tri brigade i used a list that i had found from other players across the world and i modified that list as i saw fit over the course of um months and it resulted in you know that case tournament top for me Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, with Medultry, though, I'm coming up on about six months with the deck, I think. Yeah. It feels, it feels like a year, but... Um, I, I've seen some success. I've seen some losses. But, again, that... But, to be fair, my losses were due to... Uh, me making a meta call and just being wrong. Yeah, so... Which happens. Yeah, but the thing is, you have to... So, the best ways to figure out your deck your archetype your thing that you want to commit to i would say is to go look at major tournament results look at the deck lists look at the cards see what you like and kind of pick and commit from there the next thing the next thing that you can do to find cards are go on youtube go mm -hmm. on youtube look up you know type in current month current year deck list deck, you know archetype deck list yeah, or even just archetype, and you'll find people. Or just even like about a tier it. list. De oh, yeah, de oh yeah, that can or also help. Best budget decks. So there's a lot of good budget decks out right now. Yeah, I mean you could play Salamangrate, which is getting even better with the release of cards off the ban list. Mm -hmm. You could play Tri Brigade, which is still a good deck and, and still very budget. Oh yeah, like right now I think like what's the most expensive card in pure Tri Brigade? Rescue Cat. Literally Rescue Cats, which just got reprinted. Yes, and that's they're why like they're not four or five dollars. Yeah, I think fractals are like three. Yeah, uh, kits are still five, I think. Okay, five dollars for kit. Oh yeah. no, and you only need and you only need three. 
You only need two copies. You can get away with two. In, no, in pure Tri Brigade, if you're especially yeah, if you're yeah, running yeah, rescue, yeah, cats, like straight up pure Tri Brigade, yeah. But in most Tri Brigade builds, you only if you're doing something else like maybe a zoo package or something like that. Um, Opelousa might actually be the most expensive card because Opelousas oh, are like that's right. What is the eight ten for the premium gold? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So so Apo, if you're so Apo. Yeah. Um, um and you can run Boral Sword instead of Access Code if you don't want to pay off the yeah. Access Code. But realistically. For a hundred to hundred and fifty dollar budget, depending on how much you invest in certain staples, you can still get the access yeah. code. Oh yeah, um, especially because it got the reprint. Now the thing, now the thing about now the thing I keep in mind about Boral Sword though, is he's a little bit trickier to make only because he requires three materials. Yeah, minimum but, three compared to access code needing minimum two, which is fine. You figure it out, but yeah. um, I would say that you need to just go ahead and pick your deck, stick to it. And the next and most important thing, just go on TCG Player and buy the singles. Mm -hmm. And you can buy them in the lowest rarity. You sure you can go to your locals and hunt through all kinds of bulk bins, and you should absolutely support your local game store. Truth be told, I would do that first on like a day where you have nothing better to do. Because then at the same time, we also get to check out the local scene. True talk to other players see when they do the tournaments but understand how to work tcg player also to verify prices before buying cards from other players e exactly so no, understand that you're paying a correct and fair amount for the cards yeah. that you're buying don't you know don't get fooled into paying five dollars for a 50 cent card exactly so or know, selling your 60 dollar card for 10 right so know how to work tcg player know how to verify prices on cards and don't buy sealed product unless you have money to spare that you don't really care about getting no value out of because yep. opening sealed product and opening packs is a lot of fun but you have to do it responsibly because nine times out of ten you'll go like let's say you buy five packs you'll pull nothing exactly sometimes you'll buy five packs and get a starlight two secrets and an ultra right i mean that's like at the last case tournament we had at etb the last battle city day cam got half of a box for his placing not even a full box do you know half. he pulled out of that half of a box all the good stuff he pulled a dpe a destroyer phoenix enforcer a starlight stratos and I think he also pulled another secret air out of that. Yeah. So that box was ruined. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> he pulled all the, all the stuff you want to pull out of that. Right. So realistically understand that sealed product, if you're trying to acquire specific cards that you want, is not the way to go. Yeah, terrible way to go about it. You buy sealed product because you're just not looking for anything in particular. You just want to open packs. Right. So what I'll say is... Make sure that you go in with a plan of action, getting the cards that you want, and order them off TCG Player if you cannot find them at your local game store. Using our affiliate link. Yeah, I was getting there. <laughs> we do have a TCG Player affiliate link, so if you are buying singles or sealed product or whatever on TCG Player, if you click the link in the description below, it costs you nothing extra to support the podcast. I'm obligated to put that in there if we're talking about TCG Player. Yeah. So... I would say to most importantly, have a plan of action and understand that a lot of these cards, let's say you go to your locals and you say, oh, I need that card for my deck list. But 
it's you know a $22 card well make sure you check, check TCG player because that $22 secret rare might also have a $1.50 rare version yeah or like a $4 super or something right I remember when I was building Sword Soul I was like oh man I really want Yazi here's an ulti that's $55 I saw it at the local game shop and then they have a secret here for $22 you know which I should have bought one of those because they way higher than that now but yeah I mean, and then later on, I saw, I realized that I could get a rare for less than a dollar. Yeah. Didn't I end up have just having yeah, one of my I got bulk? The rare from you. Yeah, I just had, I just had one in my bulk. Yeah, I ended up getting that from you. Actually. Also, do ask your friend if you're looking for specific cards that are like common and rare. It's a trading card game. Trade with your friends. Yeah. Ask your friends to go through their bulk and see if they just have one lying around that they're not using, or see if they'll let you go through their bulk. Yeah. And so. they're like, and they're like, oh, if you find it, you can just have it. I mean, yeah, with a card that's worth basically nothing, there's no point in haggling over that and, you know, souring feelings and stuff like that over a 10 cent card. It's oh, just yeah. not worth it. Oh, you know, like, oh, you know, it's very, there's been several cards where it's like, hey, I'm looking for this card. Do you have that in your bulk? Let me check. Yeah, you can just have it. Yeah, I mean, me and Caleb do that literally constantly. Uh, because it's bulk. What, what are we, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. It's just collecting dust on our you know boxes somewhere exactly so be sure to buy buy sealed product responsibly buy singles if you need specific cards because realistically you're gonna spend a heck of a lot more money getting cards you don't need by buying bulk you know if i desperately need a forbidden droplet i'm not gonna go to locals and buy a case of Brothers of Legend hoping to pull my Forbidden Droplets. It'd be cheaper just to buy the Forbidden Droplet. Exactly. It would be cheaper to go on TCG Player and pay full retail for them than to buy as many boxes and packs as I would need to open to pull them. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, because like, let's, like, yeah, if you do pull one out of a box, great, and then you also have all the other stuff, but the odds were stacked against you for even for you to even pull the correct card anyway. And then if you open that box, have all those cards, you pulled one forbidden droplet. Now you got to go back and buy another box to hopefully pull another. And then when you don't pull a second forbidden droplet, then you're stuck having paid one hundred and forty dollars for a for, two, for one forbidden droplet, which are what one hundred and ten right now. Ninety. Yeah, they're ninety right now. OK, yeah. So you've already paid uh, almost half of a second one. Yes. For the cost of you getting one and a bunch of stuff that you're not that's just gonna sit in your bulk. Yes. And sure you might get some a little bit of trade bait, but like I mean come on. Yeah. I'd rather just have my forbidden droplet. And you know? with this example, forbidden droplet. Right. Uh there are other cards that like like a common, it's actually a little more reasonable. But you know, but that's cause you're also cause that's because then you're at that point you're buying the box for all the trade bait because you're like, I'm probably gonna get the common I want. Right. But you're also probably better off just like entering a local tournament and then being like, hey, did you pull this common? Can I have it? Right. Because people are going to be looking to throw away that stuff anyway, just from their entry packs. Yeah. So just to recap a little bit, if you're going from Master Duel to Paper Play, the things you need to do are, one, set a budget. Understand what you're willing to spend on this actual thing understand what you're willing to spend on this hobby Two, understand that it's not going to happen overnight you need to know that one it's going to take a while for your cards to come in and two even once you get your cards even if you made the quick climb to plat plat one plat five whatever if you're in platinum 
that doesn't necessarily translate to the paper card game. You, it takes time, practice, and effort to learn the skills necessary to play this game in person because realistically, you don't have a computer remembering to activate your effects for you. Yeah. So understand your budget. And then, uh, then you, you also have the computer telling you, hey, you can totally activate this card right here if you want to. Right. Do you want to? You don't have that. You just have to know you can activate Effect Veiler as Chainlink 4 to negate something that was on Chainlink 1. Right. You just have to know you can do that. Yeah. So, just understanding what you can and can't do, understanding when to do things, it all comes with time. So, something else to keep in mind, speaking of budgets. Sure. Is, is it, like, let's say you decide, I want to build Sky Striker. Just as an example, my budget's $50 to build the deck. It's going to cost like $80 to build the deck. At that point, you the only choice you only have two choices there. Either pick something else or go ahead and raise your budget a little bit. Yeah. Just, I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with either one of those options. That's just I don't I don't want to spend the extra money. Right. And no one can fault you for that. Right. And also, I mean, realistically, look into budget alternatives for certain cards. Oh, yeah. If you don't want to shell out for infinite impermanences at 10 to $15 or 15 to 20 or whatever they're at, just buy a playset of uh, Forbidden Chalice and a playset of uh, Effect Failure. Right. For the, can... for the cost of two imperms, you can get six cards. For the cost of one imperm, you can probably get six cards or close to it. Yeah, pretty close. You're probably spending only a couple extra dollars. Right. I would say if you don't want to pay out for infinite permanences, get effect failures. If you don't want to pay out for forbidden droplets, get forbidden chalices. Yeah. Things like that. There are budget alternatives to these cards, and there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. So understand your budget. Understand the that it's a process and it takes time. You're not going to be great overnight. Make sure you co- go in with a game plan as far as knowing what deck you want to play. Learning how to play the deck. Right. Learn how to play the deck. Do lots of testing with your friends. And above all, don't waste your money buying too many sealed products and things of that sort. You want to be sure to buy your singles online. I'm not saying you can't buy sealed product. If you want to buy sealed product, go for it. Go for it. But don't spend more than you're comfortably willing to throw away. Because a lot of times sealed product is really just there for a dopamine rush. Mm -hmm. And if you really want to get the real cards that you need, it's best to buy them in singles. Which I hate to say because I really love buying sealed product and opening packs. Oh, so do I. But realistically, it's better just to buy your singles. Oh, yeah. Monetarily wise, it's much better to buy singles. But, 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 But it just feels so good to open up a box and pull that one amazing card. Yes, but it's expensive. Don't do it. Yes, <laughs> can't afford exactly. it. Don't do it. So, with that said, that's going to bring us into our podcast question <laughs> of the day. So, our previous podcast question of the day was: What updates are you looking forward to for Master Duel, or any, are there any features or cards in particular? We had a good bunch of great responses. So, from Twitter, we've got: I really hope they put in legacy formats and current formats for TCG and OCG. Hoping for a way to sort your deck lists. I'm used to EDO Pro where I can arrange my cards. The new Nordic support. They gave us Nordics a pack of their own, but they didn't even have the cards to make them playable yet. TCG and OCG bandless options, new solo mode content, new cards, weekly missions, events that give material for crafting, possibly more pets in general, uh, volcanic scatter shot or, scatter, or sh- volcanic shell pets. Those would be really cool. 
Well, I was missing the TCG format in the game, but with this new ban list now, I don't know. Fair enough. I'm looking forward to more cards being added, newer sets and random cards like Eranios not being included. Along with that, events and possibly other formats. That would be a lot of fun. Hoping they update the card list in the most recent sets like Burst of Destiny and Grand Creators. Also possibly bring in Battles of Chaos since we're getting that soon as well. If they, add, if they added more formats like GOAT, that would be amazing. Uh, tag Duel, like a 2v2 mode, that would be awesome. Not gonna lie, that'd be fire, yo. Yeah. Ooh. Can't wait for Battle of Chaos so, to get added so I can get new Witchcrafter support. Also, dual events would be cool. Um, give me my Fluanderies. No. I would hope to see more structure decks. Give me the option to buy older real-world structure decks with some gems, maybe some anime exclusives like the Ori Calcos cards. That'd be cool. I would love to seal my opponent's soul in my cards. Normal mode, actual weekly events, a way to test builds without hopping into ranked. That's That's a good one. Hoping they add more of a campaign that plays through big lore arcs like World Legacy and stuff. That's already there. He wants more. Oh, well, yeah, they will. I mean, time. Casual servers, TCG rules, and post list cards. Give me a games two and three. Uh, draft format. Oh, dude. Draft mode would be one of my favorite ads. I would oh. love a good draft mode. Bruh. I, I we, we used to have so much fun back when... um. Uh, what was what was battle the set? pack epic dawn yeah yeah with the bat yeah with the battle packs oh that was so it was, oh my god i remember that yeah the battle packs were just an entire there were just a couple of sets entirely based around you buy a box and you not a box you buy like what was it five six packs well one box had 10 packs in it. yeah yeah and then you'd sit there and you got a mat and then you'd build a deck and you build a deck with it and you would enter tournaments everybody got their 10 packs and they built with whatever they got could you imagine if they did a like a YCS where you play through Swiss with your own deck list and then you get to top 32 and it's a draft format? Oh, uh, uh, actually, I remember the one actual draft tournament I went to. I got third place. They did that at two YCSs in a row. Oh, my God. Did you know that? No, I didn't. That's <laughs> yeah. insane. They did two YCSs where the top 32 was sealed play. Oh, my God. And yeah. It was great because the best deck builders won Every, won all of the events. I think yeah. Patrick Hoban actually won two in a row when that happened. Yeah. You know, so like I've only ever been to exactly one uh, back at the time. I only went to one battle pack tournament and I got third place because I pulled exactly Frostosaurus, who was the biggest mo- one tribute monster in the entire set, and I also pulled um, Photon Thrasher and Axe of and uh, Axe of uh, Fools. Nice. Photon Thrasher can special summon himself, but if you control another monster, he can't attack. And he's twenty one hundred. Axe of Fools gives him an attack boost, making him 2,900, and negates his effect. So my deck became Photon Thrasher Turbo Beats. And I got third place with that. That's funny. That's awesome. I, that's why you love sealed modes, man. They're just so crazy. You never know what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, no. Uh, oh, man. And, like, I also, and I also pulled uh, Wind Up... A uh, warrior who was great for that. The, the, with sealed, you also end up with a bunch of cards that are normally terrible. All of a sudden, become really, really good. I remember Gem Knight Pearl being hilariously good. Yeah, because for two monsters, you got a twenty six hundred beat stick, which is pretty useful actually. So, oh, and uh, particularly since uh, the mo- since the highest attack point normal summon you could have was tw- uh, just playing on the field at the time was twenty one. 
Yeah. With uh, Cyber Dragon, Wind Up Warrior, and Photon Thrasher. Yeah. Um, we got some more answers in our Discord server. I'm excited to see what kind of events they're able to cook up, hopefully along with the release of a regular TCG ladder. Separate formats, introduction of Bode, and more ranks to grind past Platinum. Even with new single-player lore... Uh, events with new single-player lore could be cool, but also solo mode kind of feels like a chore at the same time. Um, games 2 and 3, some UI improvements, and making the menus a bit clearer would go a long way. Um, every time I enter the ranked ladder, the game crashes. That's a fix I'd like to see. I'd like to have the animation sped up a bit. Playing Drytron at the moment and Ritual Summoning six times a turn can be pretty slow to watch. That's fair. Yeah, being able to turn off the animations or speeding them up would be, would be cool. Although I think there is a way you can do that. Um fast play like slay the spire and different formats ideally customizable hey that's a man of uh of uh some culture there with slay the spire love me some slay the spire oh yeah really looking forward to see how they're going to implement new card drops as well as all the different formats they cooked up i'm assuming they're going to publicly announce the other formats for the paper game with the advent of them coming to master tool maybe it'd be cool to see um <laughs> so just my thoughts here the main thing that i'm looking forward to seeing out of master duel um as far as being added into the game is i'm really wanting to see how they're going to approach the current gem acquisition system so basically once you play through the solo mode and you grind up to platinum and you get your duelist rank up to a certain rank, there's no more gems. Yep. it You get maybe 20 a day. Yeah. It, it dries up really hard. And I think there was a Reddit user that made a post that said that did the math and it comes out to like 22 gems a day is what you can get once you get past all the major early game free gems, which there's yeah. a lot of. And they, I mean, they turbo dump you. I think, I think, I think someone got to like the gem cap like twice. Yeah, yeah. Because they just didn't spend any. Yeah, so there is a free gem cap of 10k, but you can get to that, spend it all, and then get to it again, realistically. Yeah. With fairly easily, I would say. Oh, yeah. My, like, there were so many free gems, I was able to build Medolce, which is a super expensive deck in Master Duel, because every, like, the only one card in the entire deck is, uh, is, uh, below super. Yeah. Everything else is super and above. And then I was also able to build Pure Zoo, with the bells and whistles of having F Zero, Zeus, and uh, right, and uh, the Link Monster. Yeah, and the Cardi Megaclops. Megaclops. That yeah. that's it. The car, the gem economy in the early game is great. It's amazing. But the issue is, once those early game gems run out, I'm wondering where they're gonna go as far as adding in ways to get more gems because when all these new cards get added in when the sword souls get added in and flew on in small world right you're gonna have people that want to play these decks and they just can't because you'd have to pay a bunch of money to get a bunch of gems and then you run into the same issues that you run into in the regular tcg except it's even more expensive because to get those gems costs even more money than just buying the cards yep so, I don't know. Even, I guess even we'll with see. The, even with the dust system in, in, in place. Yeah, because even if you save up all your ultra rare dust, by the time you've gotten all of your staples and gotten all of the cards you need for one or two decks, it's gone. So, yeah, it's great that you can have up to 20 decks, but, like, 
you can only, afford it. Yeah, you can only build maybe two, three if you're really careful with your spending and just refute all of the uh, major staples. Major staples all together, except like the free Ash Blossom they give you. Well, it's not even free. It's 750 gems. Yeah. Well, you, you get the Ash Blossom plus all the packs. Yeah. But except like exactly that. If you forgo all the other staples, that's really the only way you're going to be able to do it. Yeah. But then you're just getting smacked by people activating Max C. Yeah. So, I don't know. You have to be really careful with how you do things. And sure, maybe realistically you can maybe get where you need to get. But building past like the first or second deck is almost impossible. So, uh, for me, I, I, I was able to get... I think you can pretty reliably get two. Again, if you're smart with your s- gems. Smart with your gems. Uh, you know, but if you, you know, you can probably get two pretty easily. I was able to get two barely. Yeah. Um, it, it took me a while for me to get the, get enough dust for the mega clops, but yeah, I, I got it done. So I think that's what I would like to see personally real quick. You got, you got anything? Uh, pre, I mean, pretty much everything you just said is I really want to see what they're going to do with the gem, with the gem situation. The gem economy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, the easiest way to do this is add more story mode elements because then that would give you more gems through the story mode. Yeah. But not a whole lot. Maybe a thousand at most because you only get 200 usually. Right. Um, I'd like to see them add more story modes for more archetypes like the Atlanteans and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. You know? Oh, yeah. And like, yeah, and then like maybe and like continue on with the story modes they already have. Yes. That they didn't like fully complete. Yeah, the world legacy and like Orpist and stuff like that. Yeah, like they didn't complete that storyline. They also didn't complete. Oh, I can't remember. I would what say it... a lot of them don't really feel complete. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Because like a lot of them end with, but that's a story for another time. And I'm like, no, I want that now. Right. I want to know what happens next. Yeah. So. All right. Well, let's talk about today's podcast question of the day. So today's podcast question of the day is. What was your favorite change on the most recent Yu-Gi-Oh! Forbidden and Limited list, which takes place on February the 7th? So next Monday, the new ban list takes place. We've talked about it on the last couple of episodes. So we're wondering what your favorite change is on the most recent list. If you want to answer that podcast question of the day, you can find it on Twitter and on Discord on the morning of the podcast release. And in the meantime, thank you everybody so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check out the links in the link tree down below if you want to become a patron and have your name read out on the podcast. If you want to check us out on Twitter at Top Cut Podcast or our Discord. If you want to check out ETB Games, their link is in the description down below. If you want to know where we got this awesome background music that you've been hearing, that is from TGS Anime. Their link is in the description down below. And a link to the uh, actual YouTube page where you can go listen to it. Yes. And if you want to support us on YouTube, because we just started really uploading regularly on YouTube, you can find our YouTube link in the description down below. You can find everything you can find a link to team dark arm dealings they are our sister channel on youtube and the team at etb games and if you want to support the podcast at no extra cost to yourself you can find us on tcg player using that tcg player affiliate link down below with that said be sure to like follow and subscribe on whatever platform you are listening on and have a good day everybody take care 
Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.